0: We can really get hard on ourselves in these situations, or women love to be like, that's just an excuse. I should be able to deal with this. I decided to have three kids. Like, whatever, you, whatever that narrative is, it's like, wait, hold on a second.
1: That's not going to help. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest
0: look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. Today on the podcast, we are going to cover mom rage. It's an experience that many mothers will go through, but not many mothers talk about. Because there is a lot of guilt and shame associated with it. And I know when I went through it this past year, I had those feelings too. Often we're left wondering, am I the only mom that does this? What is wrong with me?
1: Yeah, and even just saying those things, I have said those so often, especially in this last year. And I love this from podcaster and Instagrammer, happy as a mother, she describes postpartum rage as outbursts of anger, being easily triggered, resentment, being irritable, and also having a short fuse. I mean, as I say these, I can just think and like I feel in my shoulders, I feel it in my stomach, the times that I have felt those types of things. But as we all know, there's so much more beneath the surface. And what people don't see is that that mother's needs, they may not be being met, There might be some depression, there could be anxiety, could be feeling alone, especially this last year when we were isolated for so much of this last year and being burned out. What others, and I know I had this a little bit at the beginning and so many people are going through, is also adjusting to motherhood and struggling with that adjustment period. Like Think of it as an iceberg. And Analogy, I can see it right now with an iceberg and you see everything on the top, but really what sinks the ship is what's below the surface. And there's so much more below the water that someone can't just plainly see from the outside that really is what hurts a mom and sinks that ship. I also like this part from Jill Butcher. She explained that anger is indeed a normal emotion that we all have. But being prone to anger can indicate that there's something going on that needs to change. We can be really hard on ourselves and think that we're the only ones that are experiencing this type of anger, this type of rage, but know that it is a normal emotion Just like happiness, just like sadness, it's a normal emotion, but it's also a cue that something needs to change.
0: Yeah. And so it's another one of these things where it can look different for everyone. My main symptom was that I would raise my voice way more quickly than I normally did with my kids. Like I would automatically... I could feel the rage for other people. It's that maybe your partner gets on your nerves all the time, way more than normal. Like we were saying, everything sets you off. I like this one too. This is not like me. Like Mm -hmm. this is not, that is not my normal personality. Like I had (laughs) a long time in motherhood before I even would raise my voice So I was just like, these are not my go to reactions.
1: And when you feel so off like that, you know, something's wrong. But sometimes in your mind, you're like, what what is wrong? Like, what what can I do about this right now? Exactly. So like we've said, anger
0: is an emotion. And a lot of times it's not the primary emotion. It's the secondary emotion. And what this means is that we can start to think of anger as a distress signal. This is how Psyched Mommy teaches about it. Anger is shielding or protecting us from an underlying emotional experience that feels too difficult to share. So in a lot of cases, this anger shows up in postpartum, but like Abby was saying, it actually could be a symptom of depression or anxiety. But it is going to cause a big enough disruption to your life or to your personality where you're like, there's something wrong. Like, Mm -hmm. this is just not my normal go-to reaction. When I shared an Instagram caption about mom rage, I also shared that it felt, even that term to me feels shaming, like mom rage, when it is simply anger. Um, so a lot of us spiral into shame when we are experiencing. Sometimes we don't want to admit it. I know myself, I feel like a very even killed, emotionally intelligent woman. So for me to share with people that I was all of a sudden having these really big reactions with my children felt very vulnerable. I don't like to think of myself as someone that has like angry outbursts but I knew that if I was going through it a lot of other people must be going through it too and it's one of those conversations that once you say you guys here's what I'm dealing with here's what I'm going through and I told everyone how it was showing up for me everyone else was like me too Mm -hmm. like so many other women were like thank you so much I've felt so alone in this so part of the podcast today is just opening up this conversation saying here's what it is. I personally have really struggled with this in the past year. And then later on in the episode, we're going to get into what you can do.
1: Isn't that so true with so many of the things that happen in motherhood or just as women? When we finally bring them up to other people, they're like, oh, yes, I've been going through that too. I just thought that I was the only one or I didn't know how to express it. Those words were exactly what's going on inside of me. And one piece that I really get frustrated with myself often, especially when it pertains to this, is I think about like last summer, for instance, when I didn't snap at the first thing that they did or the first time that Colin forgot the iPad for school. Guys, this is like a running saga. He forgets the iPad for school often. The first time, the second time, I didn't get angry those first couple of times. Like, what's wrong with me now? Why do I get so frustrated when that iPad is still sitting on the counter and the kids are off at school and I have to drop everything and go out over there? So even thinking about it right now, you could probably hear it in my voice that I'm getting a little bit triggered thinking about these things. But we have to remind ourselves that the first time something happens with anything, it's so much easier to let it slide. So much easier. It's the repetition and the event happening over and over and over again that really makes that anger build until one day it's like a snap and then the floodgates open. But it's also a good reminder that all of those little triggers they look a lot like a check engine light. Like your check engine light is on. It is telling you that something is going on. It's something that's below the surface. And we really need to be listening to that check engine light instead of just pushing it off to the side.
0: And maybe you haven't experienced this yet. But when I posted about it, my friend Kelsey, who often listens to our podcast, she wrote back something like, thank you for sharing. It's not something that I experienced now, but it's something that's really good to be aware of because maybe someday I will experience it too. And I really appreciated that response because we all have different situations going on. As our podcast guest, Alicia Shepard has shared, I was able to be the mom that I wanted to be when I had one child. When I had my second, I realized to never judge another mom. I liked how Kelsey phrased, I don't deal with this right now, but it's something that is good to be aware of because when I was in her shoes, I also didn't deal with it. When I had one child, Mm -hmm. I didn't deal with mom rage. Mm -hmm. And that's not a judgment on anyone that has one child and is dealing with it. Just to say, sometimes our situation changes. I had three little boys at home during a pandemic (laughs) with no support. It was like, my demand was so high that I couldn't deal with it anymore. Like I just couldn't meet that high of a demand. And so that quote from Alicia really makes sense in that scenario. It's like a lot of us, when we didn't have as high of a demand, we were able to really be the mom that we wanted to be. And then sometimes when you're adding to your family or your career goes up in demand or the pandemic came and your help got taken away, sometimes that brought out a side of you that you weren't proud of. Mm -hmm. But to give yourself that softness and that grace of like, this is a really, really demanding season. I don't know. Many people that could have dealt with that, you know, just to be a little bit softer, because this is, we can really get hard on ourselves in these situations or women love to be like, that's just an excuse. I should be able to deal with this. I decided to have three kids, like whatever, you, whatever that narrative is, it's like, wait, hold on a second. That's not going to help. This isn't excuses. This is literally a global pandemic where you didn't have the help that you needed to have, for the demand that you had. So I wanted to start talking about how we can work through this because I am in a much better place than I was in before, and I want to share kind of the things that helped to get me there. So this is, again, from Psyched Mommy's blog post, which is fantastic, and we will link it in the show notes. But a lot of times mom rage shows up because your own needs are not met. So you have to start thinking about your emotional fuel tank, your physical one. There's something that doesn't have any gas left in it, essentially, when mom rage shows up. So she gave us these prompts. She says, are your nutritional needs being met? Are your needs for movement and exercise being met? Are your needs for support being met? Am I getting adequate sleep? Am I getting time alone to recharge? And if you guys go down that list and you've got a lot of no's in there, we simply aren't setting ourselves up for success in any
1: of our roles. And be really honest with yourself when reading through those ones. So again, it's nutritional needs, movement, needs for support, enough sleep, and then getting enough alone time. And that alone time, It's actually being alone, you guys. Like, it's actually being alone. I mean, some people feel comfortable having one kid. It feels easier with one kid. But actually being alone and actually being honest with yourself on are you giving yourself enough margin in your day to take time to just be you, it can really, really change around your day. Yeah,
0: and to explain that a little bit, too, it's like when we had one kid, Max would nap. You know, even when he was a little bit older, he's napping from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. And Drew and I were completely off duty. And then when we've added more, we did have a dual nap going when Max and Trey were both here. But once we had three, there's never any alone time during the weekend unless we specifically carve it out for each other. And so we have learned to be very specific with that alone time because
1: otherwise you're not getting it. You're not it. getting it. You're not getting it. And it doesn't have to be a half a day. It can be a short period of time, but that need to recharge by being alone. Oh, I wish more women could do But it I also,
0: often. to what you said, I agree. Like sometimes it is a short amount of time, but sometimes it's a couple hours. Couple. I wish that moms <laughs> gave themselves permission. And now you can see how all of our podcast episodes kind of like overlap and work together because if we can't rid ourselves of the mom guilt for taking alone time, which we talked about with chastity from Momfully You, then you're not having a real break and you're not going to take a couple hours off because you feel so terrible about it. So this all works together. And I just want to say to women, it's not just you get one half hour every week. like That's
1: probably not going to cut it. But a lot of us are trying to run like that. We're going to take a quick minute to bring up one of our sponsors for this week's podcast episode, which really goes right in line with the topic that we're talking Mm -hmm. about today, which is BetterHelp. You guys know that Amy and I both love BetterHelp. We've been using them during the pandemic for this last year. And one piece that I have really enjoyed is being able to connect with my counselor in between appointments. So for a while there, I was going every single week and I needed a touch base in between because there was so much going on in my mind. I had signs of depression. I had lots of mom rage going on. I was feeling irritable. I was snapping at my husband. I was snapping at my kids. And I didn't feel like myself. And I didn't like that feeling. And I knew that by talking to a professional counselor, she'd be able to give me the tips, give me some resources, give me some tools to really help get over that hump that I was facing for so long. So just know that BetterHelp is a podcast sponsor. And because of that, you get 10% off your first month by going to BetterHelp.com backslash herself. Again, that's BetterHelp, H E L P.com backslash herself for 10% off your first month. And as you think about those five questions that you're asking yourself, think about the one that resonates most with you. Like maybe it's not alone time. Maybe you're getting plenty of that, but maybe you're not getting enough sleep at night. Maybe you're staying up way too late, getting the alone time in, but you definitely need to be focusing on better nutrition or getting more movement in. Like it's going to look different for every single person and maybe in a different season, it's also going to look different. So if you have a brand new newborn at home, the getting enough sleep, it might be hard. Like that might be really difficult. So making sure that your nutritional needs are being met and you're getting some movement in, those may be be the ones to focus in on. I do want to bring up some things that have helped with Colin and I, especially when that resentment is building, when I'm feeling irritable, when I'm snapping far more than I ever want to. And one of them is when we try to do things 50-50, it doesn't work. So I want to go into this a little bit more. If I'll rely on him for doing 50% of the work – I'll sometimes stop short. So I'll get through half of the work. I'll get through half of the things. I'll be like, oh, you know what? He's going to pick it up. He's going to do this other half so that it's not all on me. But in reality, he might have a much busier day. He might have other things going on. He might not notice that the dishwasher is unloaded, even though everything else in the kitchen has been done. So in marriage and definitely in parenting, I like to look at it as going 100-100. So we are both putting in 100% effort, just never at the same time. So if one person is having a busier hour, maybe one person's having a much more full day or a season, the other person is going to pick up more on the duties. It just can never be that the same person is always picking up 100% of the work.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting, those are interesting statements because I feel like I'm not a 100% person.
1: So think about it this way. like, Do you think of it like, hey, Drew, I want you to do half of it and Mm -hmm. me to do half of it?
0: No. So I'll I'll share what we what I told yeah. you before. So recently, I feel like Drew and I have been having such great partnership mm-hmm. and that has been a work in progress as you guys have heard on the podcast. But what changed for me is my mindset around his busy times. So we both understand now. We're both full-time working parents, but inside of that, sometimes Drew will have this week that we're recording, he has an extremely busy week. And so I've stepped in and I'm doing things that I don't normally do. For example, grocery shopping. I've done the last two grocery shopping trips and I really think of it as like, wow, this is awesome. I can support my partner in a way. I know this takes something off of his plate. I know he's very busy and it feels good before i would be like wow okay like i'm extra demanded because you have a busy week and there's so much more on my plate i would feel kind of resentful mm-hmm. but changing the thought of like i understand drew's going to be there and and this past weekend was an example he's there for me when i have my busy times with a happy heart and he's helping me so we have really let go of our scorekeeping or thinking like who's doing what. And we've gotten to a place where we trust that the other person is going to carry a heavier load sometimes. And we've gotten really good at doing it with a happy heart instead of doing it with like a resentful, oh my gosh, like this is like my normal work weeks on my plate and now you're giving me grocery shopping and whatever. So I think people just have different ways to think about it. But I think the really great point is that you can't be the one that always has the load. And a lot of times in heterosexual couples, the female often carries a really big load. And that is one of the reasons that mom rage shows up is because she's essentially like, this load is way too heavy. It's been way too heavy for way too long. And now I'm acting out, because I'm afraid to tell you, babe, I'm so freaking overwhelmed the way that we've split up these duties. I can't handle this anymore. And then think about it. And then it makes her feel bad because she's yelling and being mean. And she's like, but you you never were set up for success because you guys got into patterns, which are really hard to break. Abby and I have totally been there and mm-hmm. we've broken them now. You know, we we are constantly doing work on our marriages. So we're not up here, but we're just saying like we've broken some of these habits with our partner and it makes your
1: relationship better because you are not the one that's always underwater. Right. Right. And when you write out that list of like, these are the things that my partner does. These are things that I do. And if that list, once you actually implement it, feels one sided make those changes. And that's kind of what I was thinking about with like the 100% is like constantly making those changes of, okay, sometimes you're going to be picking up like this week, for instance, Amy, picking up more of the grocery or shopping, even though that's usually Drew's job, because sometimes it's not going to be you do this and I do this. And these are always the tasks that we're going to be doing. Sometimes you got to go a little bit their way.
0: And sometimes you have to let things drop. And a lot of women aren't comfortable. That's why I said, I'm not a hundred percent player because I have an energy conservation mode that I don't think a lot of people have. And I've had to practice it. So sometimes bare minimum is going to be what the choice has to be because you don't have the energy. So I think women really overextend themselves. So they're like, okay, there's no way I can't leave a messy kitchen. I can't do this. I can't do this. You can't drop the ball. And I'm just saying, sometimes I drop the ball purposely. I'm like, that ball is going to be fine down there because it's this week is too much and I can't handle more than I can handle.
1: And a really good trick is when you can look at your week ahead and notice those places where you can drop a ball and that it's going to be okay. Sometimes for people like me, if I drop it in the moment, it's scary. Like if I drop in the moment, I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? But if I can look ahead and be like, you know what? Tuesday's a really big day. I have three appointments for Owen. I have to make sure that I'm on pickup duty because Colin's traveling. And it's we have, we have no groceries, so I'm going to have to get grocery shopping in. It's like, well, how about instead of doing groceries on that day, how about I just get Jimmy John's? How about just pick up some subs that day and push that task off for the next day so that you can like look ahead and plan a little bit and know that it's going to be okay.
0: But this is literally <laughs> why I love this conversation oh. and I love this podcast is because I I never know what's coming the next day. <laughs> like I truly don't. I'm not trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. I don't even, I'll be like, oh my gosh, I have an eyebrow appointment today. That's exciting. And I don't have that like foresight, but I do know that my personality is in the moment I can drop a ball and I it's fine for me. So it's like, you might be more like Abby, which 80% of the time, everyone <laughs> says that they're like Abby, but I'm saying like, know your personality and rock out. And sometimes you have to, like Abby and I say, I have a type A husband. So sometimes I have to go a little bit his way, He always likes to talk about the week ahead. Like, always on Monday or Tuesday, he's like, okay, babe, this is what I'm thinking. I've learned, like, I really want to be present in that conversation, even though it's not my way of doing things, because he feels supported. If I hear him, if I have thoughts, you know, he likes that planning ahead of time. So, whatever your personality is, plus your partner's personality. And then you guys find systems that work for both of you. And that's the whole point of this podcast episode is like, it has to work for both of you. A lot of times in relationships, it's not working for the mom. Like her plate is way too full and it's like spilling over. And the partner might feel completely fine. And that's not fair. Like that is not a recipe for success in partnership is that one person doesn't feel fine and one person feels great. (laughs) Like that's not going to work. And so it is going to be, I think the couples that are making things work, adjust Mm -hmm. to the season, Mm -hmm. adjust. Colin has busy months at work and that takes an adjustment for Abby. Drew has really stressful work weeks. That takes an adjustment from me and vice versa.
1: Another thing that I know that both the Kiefer's and the Greens do, and this could help right away. Every time we bring this up, I don't know about you, Amy, but I get DMs every time of being like, why haven't I thought about this before? It seems so just natural of like, this is what every couple should be doing. But when we just had Lucy, we weren't doing this. So on the weekends, we each get a morning to ourselves. Yes. Every single weekend, Colin will get one. I'll get the other day like that's just what it is we we figured out on friday night like who wants to sleep in sometimes it's based on his call of duty schedule with his guys sometimes it's based on who has a busier monday but anything goes for that morning so you can sleep in you can play on your phone in the bed you can like go for a walk without being touched at all just that parent's off duty and we used to both wake up with the kids at 6 a.m we'd be resentful of each other i'd be resentful of the kids And the entire day wouldn't go well because we were both waking up at 6 a.m. And we were both being miserable (laughs) the entire day. So at first, it wasn't working. But then we're like, wait, why are we both waking up? Like Lucy, Micah, now Owen, one parent can take on those three kids. And the breath of fresh air that you feel after having a good night of sleep and knowing that you haven't been touched for those first couple hours of a day it feels amazing. Especially when you are in a season
0: where one of your kids wakes up early and we've all been there. Mm -hmm. Like if they're waking up in the five o'clock hour, that hits different when it's Saturday or Sunday. You're like, are you kidding me? Like it's so hard to always wake up early. So I love that. And I also want to take one minute to get really tangible because people are like, how do you do that? Like literally my kids come in And so I know at the greens that Abby will sometimes literally sleep in the basement, like Mm -hmm. levels down from the kids. And it's holding that boundary. Like I call it active parenting. Like if it's my morning, I actually do sleep in our master bedroom and the door is shut and Drew keeps the boys. I have a sound machine on, but Drew keeps the boys out of there away from the door and lets me have that time. And so when you're the parent on duty, it is an active role. You're like, okay, boys, let's go outside. Let's let's go for a walk. Let's make breakfast, whatever. But it takes that. Other partner making the effort to really give that parent the time mm-hmm. because it's not the same if Trey and Max come in and they're laying by me and sleeping by me. That's not the same. That's not what we're talking about. That's not your full morning to absolutely yourself to really feel like you get to wake up and be Amy. Before your mom. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. What I'll do also as I head out the door is I just lock the our bedroom door, so that if a kid does try to get in there, it's like a quick okay I can't get in there instead of them barging in, going into bed with Colin, waking him up, and then us all getting frustrated as I try to like run upstairs. He'll be like, yeah, oh, yeah, don't yeah. come in there. Yeah, so those little things that just it's not going to be a perfect situation, obviously. But at least they're not barging in and having to figure that all out. But it can be, it can just be so refreshing. And you get that one day. And I look forward to that one day. Um, As Amy mentioned, sometimes I'll go into the basement, especially in those first couple of postpartum weeks when I wasn't sleeping super well because I still had to wake up to pump. I would sleep in the basement just to get those extra couple of hours. And no one could bother me at that time. And now we're taking a quick
0: break to introduce one of our new partners and it's Bloody Buddy Cup. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you know how much I love them. And by now you guys have probably heard of menstrual cups and how amazing they are. They are amazing because they are so much cheaper and so much better for the environment and the convenience will speak for itself. So to give you guys an example, I was just at a three-day doula intensive training on the three heaviest days of my period. And I didn't have to worry about a thing because you can keep the cup in for 12 hours. And even on my heavy days, I wasn't having to worry about running off to empty it. To give you perspective, that would have been a couple tampons during that You know, training that I would have had to make sure that I was getting changed. So it has been life changing. And that's why I can't stop talking about it. I love that this is a small female owned company that has amazing customer service, videos, pictures, diagrams. It's real humans behind this business. So if you message their website, if you send them a DM on Instagram, they're going to help you troubleshoot. And that might come in handy when you are a brand new cup user and you have some questions or you need some clarification on how to get it out. So you might have heard a horror story or two in the past about removing a cup, but Bloody Buddy Cup was designed to make removal easy. There's this little pincher bulb ball at the bottom so that you can grip it and remove it and they've got wavy grips to help you do that too. So you guys please get on the menstrual freedom train and order yourself a bloody buddy cup. You can use herself code herself for 10% off and we are looking forward to hearing about your period cup freedom we
1: both just love it like we would yeah <laughs> <laughs> ever since we started using them I'm like why wasn't i using these my, my entire life which literally
0: because <laughs> you're, you're you're thinking you're like no that seems kind of weird like what no and then once you use them you you will tell every single girlfriend all the time all the time, all the time. because you're like i i wish i th- i think back to my periods prior you know in college and everything like that and and you're just like Gosh, that would have made my life so much easier and better. So, obviously, we're like enormously huge fans of this company and their
1: product. Now that we are talking about periods, both Amy and I had hormonal imbalances that we just got checked for. And what we know and what we found out is that many times these hormonal imbalances can add to the mom rage, the irritability. And then definitely the fatigue that comes along with all of this. For me, and I shared this just a couple of weeks ago on Instagram, but you guys, I found out that I had hypothyroid disease. So for the first time in my life, I'm on a prescription for my thyroid. And I wasn't showing like the normal symptoms. And my therapist, she thought it was depression. And there were like other things that I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to push this off. Like there, this isn't what's what's going on inside of me. But as I got these tests back, I realized – The fatigue I was having, the irritability, the not being able to sleep at night, which was then adding on to the fatigue, so many fluctuations with weight and just hunger cues. It was all going back to hypothyroidism. And I blamed it on the pandemic. I blamed it on being pregnant. I blamed it on just the strange time that we're in right now, getting our Down syndrome diagnosis. But there was just so much more internally that was going on. So it's just a really good reminder to to just know that there are things that can be going on internally that can really affect your emotions, affect your actions, affect how you're viewing the world. And it's not always your fault.
0: Yeah. I think one of the hard things about being a woman in these years is that these things truly can be so multifactorial. And this can just be one piece that, like, if you're feeling really off, if, like, I was very, very fatigued. Mm-hmm. And that's not my normal personality. Like I'm normally like jump out of bed, let's go change the world for women vibes. And that just wasn't what I was. Plus I was so irritable. And now when I link it back all together, I'm like, I was so, I just had such little bandwidth. I was so tired. Like being really tired makes you irritable. Oh
1: yeah, yeah.
0: And so putting that last piece of the puzzle together and Abby My sister Crystal and I all went to the same doctor. She drew different labs on all of us based on what we were telling her. And we all got different results. So we don't have the answer for you. It's not one vitamin you can take to feel better. It's literally like we need these doctors that are willing to listen to us and help us treat our symptoms as part of this broader process Puzzle that we're all trying to figure out. Um, I just think that this is a really interesting conversation because there can be so many different. Like, maybe you are very irritable and angry at your partner because you have a reason to be, and you guys have to now explore your partnership in a different way than you had to earlier. So I told Abby very openly. I'm like, when we had two kids, when we had our second. I felt like I had more control as a mom. Like I felt pretty good with my, how I was adjusting. Our relationship didn't feel good. Like Drew and I were not ready for that extra demand of our second kid. So we had to work on our relationship. So this episode is kind of one of those ones where you can take and you can say, okay, they're giving me ideas. Where is it speaking to me? What do I think is the underlying cause of some of my shortness, some of my irritability, because
1: your causes might look different from our causes. Right. And some of these pieces, you might be like, oh, yes, Amy, with your first baby, totally on the same level. Second baby, nope. I still felt like the things that happened with my first baby were still going on. So just knowing that every single child also brings on a new set of challenges, a new set of blessings, but also something new to navigate. So at the
0: end of this conversation, I really, the goal was to soften it for women. If you're experiencing mom rage, it does not mean that you're an angry person or a bad mom. It might be that you aren't getting the care that you need, the support that you need, the physical like sleep that you need in order to be the mom that you want to be. But I want to encourage you guys all, she's still in there because I'm speaking from experience. Like now that I feel more myself, I have so much compassion and empathy to some of those mothering moments I had this year because I'm like, now I can just see almost the suffering that she was going through and trying to make it through. And I just didn't have like the things that I needed.
1: And superhero syndrome, it feels good right in the very moment, but no other time than that. And that feeling of irritability, the resentment, just everything around you feeling so heavy, it's worth lightening up off that load in order to feel like yourself again.